Hi, everybody. It's episode 429 of PodQuest. Hey. Hey. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. Yes. Man, I just noticed how dark it is already. Yeah, it's dark. I feel like last week it was still actually kind of light at this point. Like, it's 622. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it was a little bit brighter at this point last week, but, like, probably not by much. But, yeah, it's, um... I feel like I should be turning on my ring light, but I'm not streaming, so I'm not blinding myself with that thing. I mean, it probably shouldn't blind you to begin with. It's super... It doesn't blind me. I mean, I have to turn it almost all the way down. It is super bright. But, um... I think that might be part of a reason why I might have burst a blood vessel in my eye. Just by, because I was staring at that for so long. Yeah, you but, shouldn't... You should try not to do that. Yeah, I mean... It actually, you know, it helps having it on, because... Right now, I'm just looking at a blank screen, like, not a blank screen, but a white screen, that if I have that, it actually distributes the light and actually works better with my eyes, but it's, it, it's nice, but it's dark. Yeah. Um, so, before we, we jump into things, Rich, before, before we started recording, you mentioned a thing about Desert Island movies, and you, you named one of them. Uh-huh. I'm curious, what are your others? I don't fucking remember. That, that, that recording of Brose was late August. So Probably. two months ago? Yeah. Um, and you don't and remember I, what five movies you picked? No, I don't. Then um, they, they couldn't have been that important. I uh, mean, uh. That, that was the thing that was part of the, like, at the time that exercise, like, I, I, like, I never really, it's, that's not really a thing I ever really think of, is, is my desert island, whatever. Like, uh, we, we did, we did all of the categories, movies, books, games, uh, TV, sh- uh, or, yeah, I guess TV, did we do TV shows? I don't think we did. Uh, albums, things like that, and, like, my interests and my points change all the time. There are a few that I will always remember. Like, one of the ones I listed was, or the, the, one of the top ones I listed for movies was, um, was Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, I was trying to get an even spread. So I tried to think of a comedy. I think it might have been either I Love You Man or Anchor Man. I can't remember which one. Um, trying to get like, I was trying to get a, like a spread of a, a bunch of different things and not just like, all the same shit because when you're going to, if you're going to get stuck on Desert Island, you don't want to watch all action movies. You want to have a spread in case your mood changes. Um, so like I had like an action, a comedy. Um, I think I put the original Sonic movie, like the, the 2020 Sonic movie on there just because I was like, I need something a little bit lighter than the rest of them, but I can't actually remember what they all were. Um, I think I can remember my Desert Island video games though. Uh, yeah, I can remember my. I can remember most of my Desert Island video game. Man, this guy pick, picking five movies that he could watch over and over again, then forgetting them. <laughs> I think Matrix might have been one of them as well. I, I can't remember. I really can't remember this. It How many Fast and ago. Furious movies were on there? N- none of them, actually. None of them. Then your, um, your list is void. Was Captain Ron on there? Captain, Ron, I don't even know what Captain Ron is. You don't know what Captain Ron is? No. Did you have any Kurt Russell movie? No. What are you doing with yourself? Who's Kurt Russell again? Jesus. God damn it, Richard. I'm legitimately, I'm honest, though. I'm being honest. Who who is Kurt Russell? I can't remember. He's Captain Ron. I don't know who the fuck Captain Ron is. (laughs) Um, he's Snake Plissken? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't have any of his movies. No, no, not at all. My video games were, uh, for, uh, it was Ori in the Blind Forest and Ori in the Will of the Wisp. I took two spots. 
to have both of those games on there because those games are beautiful and amazing. Uh, City Skylines, Seven Days to Die. Um, and I cheated a little bit, but only I wouldn't have mentioned this if I didn't actually own it. Super Mario 3D Collection, All Star Collection. Those were the, my five choices for games. Um, but like I can't remember everything else. I really can't. I'm just I'm very disappointed. Look, not, not a single Kurt Russell movie for your Desert Island list. If you want to know my Desert Island list, you can go back and listen to. We both know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> episode 68.3 of the Brose podcast for Mayan, Tim, and uh, Matt's Desert Island lists. Nope, not going to do it. I mean, Cobb, hey, if you go ahead, if, Walnut. if you want to, if you want to know what it is, you want to know what it is. You, there, there's, there's how you can find out what it is. I just want to know how you managed to have a desert island movie and not have a movie about desert islands. I, I might have made that comment and said Castaway is one of them, but probably not going to want to actually have that on there. What about that? What, what was that really? Uh, Swiss Army Man. That was like a pseudo desert island movie. That was, that was before we watched that. Was and it? No, I, I don't want that movie on there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, what was it? 68 point what? 68 point three. That released on uh, September 28th, which means we recorded it pre-September 13th. So, that was before we did Swiss Army Man, I believe. Okay. Um, Just want to throw out there, though, you should really consider watching Captain Ron. Drew, you would hate it. Like... Actually, you know what? You might not, because it's it's like it's actually like a, a silly comedy from like the '90s, so like it leans into its '90sness. But it's got fucking Kurt Russell as like a hired boat captain, um, who is he is hired to basically chauffeur um, Martin Short and his family to like Florida or something like that to sell this boat that he got like an inheritance from. They end up like stranded in Cuba for a while. They have to like escape from some gorillas, like the. Militant gorillas, not um gorilla gorillas, which is like a joke in the movie. It's real, it's real dumb good fun. Sure, <laughs> it's like Kurt Russell like hamming it up. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until I've looked at the list of his movies and remembered, oh right, uh, I was pretty certain I had never seen a Kurt Ru- any movie Kurt Russell had ever been in, but I have seen two. Which two? Guardians Escape from LA and Escape two. from New York. No, I've never seen either Escape movie. I, I would probably watch them. But Escape from New York's good. The Thing is also very good. I've never seen The Thing. The oh, Thing is I like seen... no. The Thing is like top tier John Carpenter like early eighties horror mm-hmm. and like like legitimately good horror that stands up, not like some of like the campy like Halloweens and Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that. But yeah, it's but we'll... Guardians two and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what? I never did see Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do you like Tarantino? I am a I am hit or miss on Tarantino. I really I like some of his movies and don't like others. Like love um uh Reservoir Dogs, um Pulp Fiction. Fucking hated both Kill Bills though. I I I I mean I I can't say I really loved Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. I I didn't get Pulp Fiction when I saw it and Reservoir Dogs I thought was kind of boring at the time when I watched it, but that was I was like 10 or 12. Um and it Nothing happens in that movie. Yeah, so, that's the point. But yeah, I I didn't understand that. But when it comes to Kill Bills, um, I agree they're kind of overrated. They're not terrible. Oh, I think they're, they're fucking they're, horrendous. They're 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 overrated for sure. They are worse than the um the fucking Lord of the Rings movies, as far as I'm concerned. And those are probably the movies I like least. 
I mean, at least like well-regarded movies, I like least. I should say. I would say I could agree with you that the Lord of the Rings movies are better than the Kill Bill movies, but I like the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, no, man, those movies are garbage. Man, Uh, you think Harry Potter movies are good? Oh no, the Harry (laughs) Potter movies are absolutely terrible, but I enjoy them anyway. It's the Harry Potter movies are are not all that different from the Fast and Furious movies. They're absolute trash, but they're about family, and I love them. Family. Are they Look, about? They're not really about. They're what, kind of about family. No, I mean no, but Fast and Furious is. That's why I said it. I know. But come on, man! Like they're not all that different from each other if you think about it. Like they they both have flying cars. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess they both each have a flying car in one of their series. Yeah, exactly. Um, but does a car go to space in Harry Potter? You know what? We don't know what the Ford Angelia does. Um, after year two, before year five, six, five. So, so it might go to space. Yeah, like we don't know. It can it can fly on its own. It has its own. Um, uh, it's self aware. Yeah, and like you don't hear anyone talk about like, oh man, there was this fucking random car just like barreling through the Forbidden Forest. And I feel like the fucking centaurs wouldn't have stood for that anyway. They seem mm-hmm. a little, you know, they seem a little uppity when it comes to their space. That was, you know. I didn't read any of the Harry Potter books, but I remember hearing was it was it Deathly Hollows where like they tried to get like a whole army together to fight against Voldemort, and like didn't we kind of lose that in the, in the movie? The movies cut a lot of magical creatures. Yeah. Um Whether it was like like the centaurs were a more prominent thing um, in book five when um, Umbridge fires. Um, Emma Thompson's character, who's I'm I'm drawing a blank on her name, the divinations professor. Mm-hmm. Um, Dumbledore make like lets her live in the in the castle still, but um for th- for that class they end up hiring one of the centaurs who is more like yeah. friendly towards humans. Uh, they don't do that in the movies at all. Yeah, they also like cut Dobby out of the fourth book where he was like Dobby and there was a female house elf that were like major plot points. Like Dobby yeah. is the one that helped Harry get through the second challenge, not fucking Neville. Yeah, and Dobby, we were supposed to have more of an emotional connection to Dobby than one movie when he dies. So, that was that was also something that kind of made me laugh, is, like, the movies, they try to force this emotional scene of Dobby's death, but it's like, but, I mean, he was really only, like, five minutes of one movie. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, he shows up in books four, five, and six, I believe. Like, not a lot in five and six, but um, he's... He's fairly prominent in four because he starts working at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was also the book where Hermione does the whole, um, like, defense of the house elves, like, group, trying to get them, like, fair wages that they don't want and shit. Yeah. And I, none of that was in the movies. But anyway, enough of that nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. Rich, what is on the agenda? All right. So, Cobb, you watched a movie called Barbarian that we're going to talk about, which I don't think I've ever heard of this movie. It might be new, I'm assuming. Um, me and Drew played this, uh, game that's in playtesting, or it wasn't playtesting, apparently to do it, like, once a month or so, called Dark and Darker. It is a PvPVE dungeon crawler, uh, Battle Royale. I, it's got a lot in it. We'll talk about that. Um, not only did I complete Resident Evil 7, but I also completed Resident Evil 8 and the DLC, and I have my definitive list, or my personal list, not definitive, my personal list of what I think the uh, ranking of the Resident Evil games are that we can discuss. Uh, Cobb, you played Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope. Um, and yeah, that's going to be most of our show today. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Barbarian. Uh, it's a, it's a movie that just came out back in, uh, September, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep, September 9th. Um, it apparently actually debuted at San Diego Comic-Con. But, um, I guess it, it must have had just a, a short, uh, theatrical release because it happened to be on HBO Max, which it looks like HBO Max actually it went up on the 25th. So, just, you know, happy coincidence, I guess. Um, uh, you can still see Barbarian at the AMC Cherry Hill at 9.30 tonight. Yeah, or oh, yeah, in Kenya, Prussia at 9.10 tonight. Yeah, it still has a few limited showings, it seems. Uh, but it is a, like, a horror thriller, um, that was the, the, like, under the, the play button synopsis, total fucking, like, uh, like, like, bait and switch. Um, they set it up where it's, it seems like it's going to be a movie where, um, two people end up booked at the same Airbnb, and that, like, maybe one of them is actually, like, a killer or something like that. And, like, the movie starts and you assume it's the guy. Um, and, but then you're, like, thinking to yourself, he's like, no, they're probably gonna, like, you know, misdirect us and it's gonna be the girl. Um, and then the whole movie fucking flips and it's neither of them and it's not really, a, like, a, it's not that kind of horror movie. It's like a fucking monster movie. There's literally a fucking monster that lives in tunnels under the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was really, really good. Um, about 30, 40 minutes into the movie, one of the two main characters is brutally murdered. And then it just cuts to black, so you expect everyone is dead. And then it, it it almost feels like it's about to go to credits. Like, it goes to black long enough that you you expect, like, the credits to start rolling. And then it cuts to, like, this bright, sunny, like, like West Coast, like, um, scenic road. And one Justin Long driving in a convertible. convertible. Um, and the movie transitions to following Justin Long, who is easily one of the most despicable fucking people I've ever seen in a movie. Um... <laughs> I love Justin Long, so I'm already yeah. sold on this movie. Like, yeah, he was he was great in it in that like you really don't like him sort of way, and mm-hmm. he starts out kind of like oh well like maybe like he's a, he's playing an actor and he's an actor that is basically getting canceled for potentially being shitty, and you don't know like it's one of those like you don't know if he actually did what people are accusing him of or if it's like a misunderstanding or like somebody trying to like get their name bolstered up because it's like one person but it's like fucking his whole career in life and it turns out that he's the owner of the the airbnb that people were murdered in um and he doesn't know any of this and he ends up going to the house to sell it and it's just it's so fucking weird and good and not at all what i expected and such a pleasant fucking surprise um i don't want to spoil too much about like what was actually going on but it was just it's we're sitting there watching it and the, the girl who, like, you kind of follow at the beginning of the movie, the whole time, she is making every bad fucking decision you can make in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, she she gets to this house, and there's no key, no one's answering the phone for like from, like, the, the rental agency. And then, like, she knocks on the door, and just, like, some dude answers. And she's just like, oh, well, I booked it, too, so, like, I'm just gonna stay here with you, stranger. <laughs> um, and the the guy that, that's already there is, um... Is uh, Bill Skarsgård who played um, he played Pennywise in the new uh, It movies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's part of the Skarsgård family, so yeah, you know they're all famous anyway. Yeah, uh, but he uh, so like that that whole stuff is going on, and then like you know she finds like a weird trap door thing in the basement and decides she should go into it and investigate it, and other just like weird creepy shit keeps happening. At one point a homeless man chases her down the street and into the house. And it's like 
why the fuck are you still here? Why have you not gotten into your car and fucking left? Because the, the movie opens up on a dark and rainy night. And she gets to this house, and, like, all you see is the house. The house looks nice. Um, or, like, nice enough. But, like, the next morning when it's sunny out, the entire neighborhood is abandoned. That is the only house still standing. Everything else is either, like, burnt or, um, like, boarded up and, like, cars on front lawns. Like, like the whole neighborhood is just abandoned. And she even talks to somebody that she's, like, in town, like, meeting with who, like, gives her this look of, like, yeah, you shouldn't stay in that neighborhood. That neighborhood is dangerous. You're going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. And she just ke- keeps fucking staying there. Um, Like, she, al- it's one of those, like, you're almost like, no, you deserve to die. Like, if Bill Skarsgård is the killer, like, you set yourself up for this. Like, th- this is what happens to you. And then, yeah, it just, it fucking just turns, like, 180 and goes in a totally different fucking direction. Um, And I, I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of the better horror movies I've seen in a long time. That's certainly something I'm interested in. Like I said, Justin Long told me. I was trying to read up a little bit on the movie while we were talking about it. It's like the director's first directorial debut, and most of the stuff he's done, I don't, re- I don't recognize. But he did voice Hal Jordan in the uh, Death of Su- in one of the in a Superman film, oh. Life and Death of Superman, or something like that. I did not look this guy up. He's from the Whitest Kids, you know. Oh, I, sh- so he- sure. He was in a movie, I, like he was in, uh, like they were like a like a college like sketch comedy sort of thing. I don't know if they were on College Humor or not, but it was like that era of stuff. Um, he was in a movie in like the late two thousands when like raunchy comedies were coming back. Like like it was in that um like Hangover era. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at his filmography because I forget the name. Miss March. It was called Miss March. It was a yeah. terrible fucking movie, but like terrible in a way where like you still laughed at it because it was just so fucking bad. Um, he played a guy in it that on his graduation night gets knocked down a flight of stairs and ends up in a, in a coma for like a decade. Um, so like the first like third of the movie, he just keeps like uncontrollably shitting himself. And that movie came out in a time where like, I mean, we were, you know, late teens, early twenties. And it was just, it was hilarious. Like Hmm. the motherfucker, he got woken up out of his coma by his best friend beating him with a baseball bat. Like, that's the sort of stupid that fucking movie was. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember the title, Miss March. I'd never seen it. That was, I was 20, almost 20 at the time. Okay, I, I, I couldn't, I wasn't sure if you would have been 20 or 19. Well, it was, it was 2009, which would make, it would technically make me 19, but that was two years after I graduated high school and I graduated in 18, or I graduated in 07 at 18, so like. Right, I don't, I'm, I'm. It came out in March of two thousand. Yeah, so you March. wouldn't have quite been twenty yet, right? Or no, you would have been over twenty because you, you were born in eighty eight, right? Eighty eight. So yeah, it would be. It would be almost my twenty first. Yeah, you know, I was doing math wrong. I don't know why I was doing math so bad. But yeah, um, bad movie. Yeah. Um, but that guy was in it, and now he's apparently directing one of the best horror movies of the year. Yeah, he is. It's his first time being a full on director. He co directed some things. It was his first directorial debut. Man, like, what is it with, like, comedy guys being really good at horror movies? Like, look at Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Comedians are messed up, man. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, you, you have to be, you have to be severely broken to be legitimately funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, I, Rich, I know you don't always want to watch horror movies because you get scared. Um, this one, not all that scary, like, like, jump scary. Like, there's some, like, tense bits of it, but I don't think it, it would be, like, you know, like, you're not going to sit on your couch at night and, like, be, like, jump scared maybe more mm-hmm. than once or twice. I, with me, 
I just feel like horror movies are a community experience. The fun in a horror movie is watching it with somebody else and, like, playing off each other or equally getting scared or and whatnot. Like, I, it's not that I'm too scared. Like, there are some movies that I'm just like, nah. But it's more of, like, I don't really like gore. I just think if it's too gory, I just, I'm just like, I, I'm over it. But scares and stuff like that, like, I'm, I'm for. Yeah, I this just, movie, very, the only gore gore is, like, the one, like, the, the first murder. And it's just <laughs> one of those, it's more visceral than gory. Um, yeah. and then it's just, it's got some, like, gross moments, but nothing, like, over the top, if that mm. makes sense. But, like, very good. Like, yeah. Not at all what I thought when I read the, uh, the synopsis. And I, and by the time we watched, we watched it on s- Sunday, I think. Um, and like when we watched it, like it was literally just, I saw it on HBO Max and I read the synopsis. I'm like, oh, this seems like it could be okay. And like, like, oh, it's got Justin Long and Bill Skarsgård. Like, yeah, why not? And then, yeah, it just, it ended up just being totally unexpectedly really good. Yeah. Uh, but how about, uh, you guys played this dark and darker game? All right. So, uh, to, to set, uh, put the setting, dark and darker, or place the setting, dark and darker is a small dev game that, uh, I believe might have been kickstarted, I don't 100% know, um, but it's a small dev game where they are trying to, like, take a, essentially a play on Escape from Tarkov, but put it into a fantasy setting of a dungeon crawler, where you can play in teams of one to three, or it might have been one to four. I only I saw feel like two I saw teams of add people. Yeah, I only saw two team two things to add people as well. Um that it's it's in playtesting. Their expected release date for official like 1.0 would be the end of 2023. So they're a year mm-hmm. out. Uh or mid uh, Q3 no, 2023. I thought it's like Q4. I think it was Q3. I'll pull up I'll, I'll, thing while you talk. Yeah. Um so it I played it for about 2 hours. I don't know how long Drew played it for. Uh, probably about the same, maybe a little yeah. less, because for the beginning, uh, it took me a little while to realize. Oh, the U.S. East server just apparently is not connecting to anything. I did. I did East the entire time, so it might have just been at the time that you were playing. Uh, there was an yeah. issue, but like I was doing the the, or the Virginia server the entire time. Um, but it is, it is a game that certainly has legs. Um. Like, you fight spiders. There's a lot of legs. <laughs> um, but, like, it, it's got, it's got legs to stand on. It's got a good concept. It, it, it's really neat. So, it's, like, it's a combination of a battle royale with a dungeon crawler, kind of maybe roguelike, but right now it seems like there's only one map. Um, well, which, I mean, yeah, it, it's a battle royale, but you're gaining levels for your character and, if you escape, like in Tarkov, any equipment you get in the run, you get to keep and progress your character. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't know, because I was never able to escape, is if you swap out equipment from the starting base equipment, go into a run and die, do you keep that equipment you went into with, or do you lose it and go back to your starting equipment? That's something that I a, don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I and think it, it, that's it, how it works in Tarkov, so it's like a... A balance of, like, do you want to take your stuff but risk it getting stolen if you get killed? Yeah. Like, but I don't know. Uh, um, but this this game, like, it needs some work. Uh, me mm-hmm. and Drew talked about it a little afterwards. 
Um, one of the bigger problems with the game is there's no matchmaking in a sense of, or not no matchmaking, no random party building as far as I can tell. So if, if I were to queue in, it's not like a war zone or apex, or if I were to queue in by myself, it would pull two players unless I tell it not to. Right. It, if you queue in solo, you queue in solo. Yeah. Nor do you have an option to set it to be like only people that are queuing solo or yeah. let me go play against groups no matter how many people are in the like yeah PUBG so there or whatever has there needs to be some sort of balancing act with that because i for the two hours i played i maybe got to the last ring or even near a, a, an escape portal once the whole rest of the time was me running into groups of th- two or three and just getting my ass handed to me. Like, th- there's no run. There's no, like, sprint or... Uh, there's sprint for the fighter. But I don't know if any other class... Nope. Yeah, I- none of the other classes have a sprint. And it's on a cooldown. If you use sprint, you can use sprint for, like, 30 seconds. But then you can't use it for a little bit. I mean, like, and the so- wizard has haste and invisibility, which can speed them up for, like two seconds but they also have a casting time that is longer than you're invisible or hasted for and it's like yeah cool yeah totally worth it when you're playing solo yes it's just the the game is made to find people to play with and play with them and like it is i guess it's made to be harder because you should be bringing people with you if you're dungeon diving um but it's just like it really does need that balancing of either if you're solo queuing, you need a buff, or if you're solo queuing, you should only play with either solos or parties of two, not parties of three. Because I can take out a party of three of two as a fighter. I can't take out a party of three. There's no there's no chance I'm taking out a party of three as a fighter. Like it's just it's it's too much. Um, and it's like the the enemies, the NPCs that you fight and encounter can be very difficult uh-huh. with your starting equipment. I I had several instances where I was fighting things with bow and arrows alone. Like like they had a bow and arrow, I had just my sword and shield. And like guarding with your shield doesn't guard. You just take less damage. Um it does, but it's like direction specific. Like if you don't a hundred if you don't actually block it with the shield just because you have your shield up doesn't mean it didn't hit you, you know? I've like, I've taken arrows to the shield, and it hurt me. Oh, interesting. I've I've taken slashes to the shield, and it hurt me. So either my shield just doesn't have the proper defense capabilities, because it's still the starting shield, or there's... It, it just decreases the amount of damage you maybe. take and not, not stops you from taking damage, which, I mean, that's fine, but if you're attacking an enemy with a shield, you have to hit the enemy and not the shield. Right. You so it could they could be playing off of like the uh the uncharted mentality where your health isn't really your health, it's your luck. And every time you get hit, it's just your luck is going down until eventually somebody actually guts you. I mean sure. But Yeah. But like so I played basically every other class except the Barbarian. Uh there it, there's fighter, barbarian, ranger, rogue, cleric, and wizard. Paladin. Was there wizard? No. Didn't, yeah. yeah. There's wizard, no paladin, you're right. Yeah, it's cleric, not a paladin. And yeah. 
the other thing I think it needs is like a tutorial area because boy, it was confusing playing the cleric and not understanding how to cast my spell and that I mm-hmm. needed to put on the the secondary weapon, the wizard staff, to be able to cast the spell, which was dumb. Yeah. Oh, I um I couldn't figure out how to dual wield. Apparently, you can dual wield in that game. Oh, um, and the fighter gets an ability where if you have two weapon or weapon in each hand, you attack like five percent faster or whatever. And I used that for a couple of rounds. And every time I got a second weapon, I tried to equip it. It's two one-handed weapons. I tried to equip it. It would not equip hmm. in my offhand. So I'm like, I don't. This this ability is useless. Um, and it is that like maybe a little bit of a tutorial or or instructions would would help with that. At least tell me how I can dual wield. Yeah, because I didn't know that was an option the entire time. I was just running around with sword and shield. But turns out, like, oh, I can run around with two swords. And honestly, I feel like as a fighter, two swords be fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, like I I want this game to do good because I did have fun playing it for the most part. It's is very rough around the edges and it needs some work. But there were times I was having fun. Yeah, and, and I hope they try to pull in some sort of solo play yeah the, like, like just set an option because it's only 15 players on a server like it's not like it should be a big deal to fill a game of 15 people that are solo queuing it's not like it's PUBG and trying to f- put a hundred people into a game mm-hmm. well i'm i'm even saying like give me hopefully they can figure this out give me an option to do custom matches with just me and my friends yeah. And not have to fill in a full lobby. Or give me an option, and this character can be their own thing and not part of the open world, or the, the, the multiplayer world, where I could just go in and play the game by myself. And, like, learn the maps. And figure out where things might be, mm-hmm. figure out how to advance better, things like that, before I start to go into multiplayer and just get my ass handed to me immediately. Yeah, and, like, I'll be honest... I uh, playing. I played mostly as the wizard. The, even the AI car- creatures were incredibly difficult if more than one attacked at a time. Yeah, there were a couple of instances where I went from half health to dead in one hit. Oh yeah, and like they they make a point to tell you like, oh, aim for the head. If you hit a limb, you're not going to do as much damage as if you were to hit the head. Aim for the head, aim for the body. And I guess it's the same for the, the NPCs. If you aim, uh, yeah. the, I guess the NPCs can aim for or hit the head. And it's like, when it comes to a game like this, maybe don't give them that option to aim for the head. I mean, and that's all well and good if the attacks weren't so painfully slow. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, you're, because, like, playing as a fighter with sword and shield, if I'm attacking, it takes me so long to be able to pull my shield out and defend in general, that, like, the shield is generally useless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I adapted a lot of seven days to die battle techniques of go in, attack once or twice, move back. Because by the time your second attack is about to hit or is hitting, they're finishing their swing for their hit, and you gotta move behind you to actually stop from getting hit. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt, and you're going to die really quickly. But I totally agree that, like, the premise is cool, mm-hmm. but it needs a lot of work for it to be yeah. something I would want to sink a bunch of time into. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they do good and either send out a survey or whatever 
to the people who do these playtests to let so like we can let them know because like if they actually listen to these surveys, if they actually listen to what people are liking, not liking, things like that, the balancing issues, this game could have a lot. It could because ha- it could have a huge fan base. There were tons of streamers playing it on Monday night and Monday and Tuesday as well. There were tons of streamers playing it, big streamers too, not just like the small ones. Not like the under under twenty or under forty viewers. Like there were like a couple of like five six hundred viewer streamers playing this game. Has it has the world's eyes on it right now, and like they really need to like make sure this thing is refined before they say it's an official release. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it does say Q four of twenty twenty three, so they have like say, okay. a year until they get to that point. But yeah. But it, it was really cool. Cobb, honestly, if they can get some sort of, like, single-player mode in it, I think you would enjoy it. And you know what? If there was a single-player mode, I would give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Like Even if I'll, they do, like, a solo PvP mode, I think you, you might dig I that get, more. Because you can get through a match without fighting anyone. Since it is PvE as well, You a lot of the players that you can watch the thing, you can watch who, who are dying, like, they're more often than not dying from the NPCs than they are actual players. Yeah, a lot of times with, like, th- those sorts of games, I end up just getting very frustrated and disinterested when, like, you're focusing on the PvE side of it, and then some asshole comes up and just takes you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, like, no. that's generally why I'd rather play single-player games. Like, yeah. I don't want my game to be dictated by another human being. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think they need to fix is loot... Um. Is, is, is loot, uh, um, loot level, uh, throughout the map, essentially. And enemy difficulty throughout the map. Because there were a lot of times I was starting on the outskirts of the map and getting better loot than in the middle of the map where the ring closes in on. And it's like, that's neat that the, the harder loot is outside because then you only have a shorter amount of time to get it. But at the same time, all the PvP should be in the middle when everyone's trying to fight each other for the good loot or escape. So I think they need to, like, rework either where people spawn, because a lot of times I did spawn next to good loot areas, but it just never had a good opportunity to explore it all because somebody else would spawn right there. Or the good loot area was also covered in, like, three skeletal mages that fucking destroy you no matter what you do, because magic <laughs> is extremely powerful in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's really hard to dodge if you're right up on the enemy. Yeah, I just I just opened the the Steam page for it and like um skimmed through like the video they have on there. It it has very like Elder Scroll vibes. To yeah, it. like as far s- as like aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I was gonna which, say like, it's very Elder Scrolls. Which means like I actually probably wouldn't enjoy it because I tried Skyrim and did not like that game. Huh. Fair. I mean, no. this also plays way worse in its current state than Elder Scrolls plays. Oh yeah, it oh. is. It is. It is very rough. It needs to be refined playstyle. Even even graphically a little bit. Like the the lighting really needs to be worked on. That's a bummer because um, if it plays worse than fucking Elder Scrolls, I, that's. Ugh. I mean, uh, the, uh, I'll clarify. Like the game ran incredibly fine. Like, mm-hmm. it was but control wise and combat plus. and everything was bad. The controls fine. Just like I said, the your character moves painfully slow, and there yeah. is no sprinting. So there, yeah, there's no run. There's 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 a crouch. Yeah, you could crouch or, or walk. Or, which, yeah, if you hit shift, which is normally what run is, if you hit shift, they walk. Well, no, I mean, sh- I'd say most games shift is walk. 
at least like first person shooters but also walking usually is supposed to make your footsteps like basically nothing silent don't know that it really affected much because i still got aggroed by shit all the fucking time while walking yeah like it it affects when you crouch you can't fucking open doors yeah yeah or when you're walking if you're holding shift you can't open a fucking door yeah and then opening opening doors takes time Closing doors also takes time, just not as much. Uh, so that's part of the strategy. And the enemies aggro so fucking far. Yeah. And it's so not even far. Steam Deck verified. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even... No, I know. That's... Yeah. But yeah, it was... It's interesting. It's got It's got some legs. It should should run pretty... It should be good, hopefully, as long as they listen to what people have to say. Because if I was talking to other people about it. I was talking to uh, one other person about it. And watching some streamers, and like a lot of people are having the same problems. If you're solo queuing, you're you're out of luck. So they need to yeah. balance that out, and uh, some of the enemies need balancing. And this, like, there there are things that people really like about this game, but it really needs a lot. It needs a lot of work in the next year. And hopefully, hopefully they listen and don't just. Hopefully, like this doesn't discourage them, and they. But also, hopefully they listen so that they make a really good game and can monetize this in some way, shape, or form, because they're putting a lot of work into it. It also I mean, made that me is realize that just play Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> I, Escape from Tarkov scares me, because at least in this, when you group up with someone, you know who they are. Like, you know what they look like, you know what class they are, and I think you spawn next to each other. Whereas in Escape, you don't see names above anybody, and, like, you might not know your, your partner's coming towards you, because you don't spawn next to each other either. I think you spawn next to each other in this game, or maybe I at least really no close idea. to each other. In the- I don't know, but yeah, it's Escape from Tarkov scares me, but I do want to give it a try someday. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Like, it, it sounds it, familiar, but I don't know that I know what it is. It's relatively new. No, it's been out past, for like, like 10 years, dude. <laughs> has it? I, well, I'm just learning about it over the past, like, maybe year. Um, uh, but it is it's, apparently okay. is when it was released. Five years. It, it is essentially, it's it's like... It's kind of a battle royale where, like, you're you spawn in, and the goal is to escape. And I don't know if there's objectives and or whatnot to do in the escaping, or if it's just get to a certain point. But there are players that are trying to escape, and some players are just trying to prevent you from escaping. And you can just teammate with anybody on the field if you can get in contact with them, or you can solo queue in. And if you bring really good equipment and you're killed, you lose that equipment. So, but if you're able to escape, like we said, you can bring your equipment with you. So it's always that, like, uh, like tug of war of like, what should I bring? Am I gonna win? Am I gonna lose? Is it worth losing this? But then, like, when you get the really good thing, it's like, oh, I got this really good thing. Like, I don't want to use it because I got it, but at the same time, like, well, you got it, so why not use it? And it's just, yeah, it's it's a it's a different kind of like first person battle royale esque game. Actually, I can't tell if it's actually out or just in like early access. It, it's yeah, probably it's still, still technically early access because it doesn't look like it's available on Steam. And when you go to their site, they just have a beta. Uh, beta is available pre-order option. Uh, yeah, I mean, and if you scroll down further, they're at patch zero point one two. Okay, yeah, I didn't scroll down that far. That seems like a lot for zero point one two. Forty four dollars? Huh. I mean, it's gonna get you the full game when it. Is officially, but like from what I it's, hear, it's Tarkov apparently is, been it's apparently been released in beta for five for over five years, man. I mean, Seven Days to Die has been in alpha for almost ten years. Yeah, in that literally game. Seven Days to Die 
was the highest grossing Kickstarter of its time in 20 fucking 12. It is on Alpha 20, gonna be 21 in the next few months. Like, frankly, at that point, like, the, those people just need to stop being scared and just fucking make it a full release. But, like, each time they do, and, like, their alpha, like, they're making money on it. People are loving it. I play, I go back and play that game all the time. And it's, uh, they're, they're actually, like, eventually, they're working on incorporating bandits and a storyline in the next alpha or two. And then, like, I think their goal for Seven Days to Die is Alpha 22 is the last one before their beta test and official release. Apparently, but, it actually came to PS4. What? Seven Days to Die? Yeah. Uh, I'm Yes. Uh, there is a version, but it's like Alpha 16. It's just rare for um, Sony to allow um, like uh, early access alpha build things to be released. Yeah, I, I think because um, it was on Xbox and, as well, which Xbox used to not allow anything below 1.0 on. Um that like because Xbox did it, PlayStation did it, but then the so dev it, team that uh, the fun pimps had to actually run the console version, they quit or they they don't do it anymore. So that version is like four alphas old. So it was Telltale and, Publishing. Yeah, and so they are working on getting a new dev team for a modern. According console to Wikipedia, version. they are no longer being developed on the consoles. Yeah. Yes, but, but it also looks like the console releases got different versioning because they were released as 1.0 versions with like the alpha number as like a second decimal. Yes. Yes. And within the past six months, they are working on finding a dev for uh, uh, Alpha 20. Well, that's which, cool. Yeah, because been- they they released it on Game Pass, PC Game Pass, and. Xbox Game Pass, and they're like, you guys will be getting Alpha 20 eventually, where we're looking for a team. Yeah, it looks like 2017 was the last time the console version had any sort of update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a while. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about uh, Darker and Dark, though? Or Dark and Darker? I I hope it turns out good. Yeah. I'm going to keep my eyes on this. and Same. Check it out during every some of its play tests, and, and just... I'm going to watch the timeline of this thing and see, hopefully, like, it turns out better. I might not play every playtest. But I'll check out the playtests as they come. Cool. Uh, so, Rich, then, how was Resident Evil 8? Because that was your first playthrough, right? That was my first ever playthrough of Resident Evil 8 uh, was this past weekend. And that is a fucking amazing game. Um, it's It just... It blew my mind. Honestly, it is the first Resident Evil that um, has heart. And I'm not just talking about the hearts on the bodies of the zombies and whatnot. It literally has, like, emotion and heart behind it. You just like the tall vampire lady, that's all. <laughs> uh, look, Lady D, she's, she's, she's absolute mommy material, yes. But, like, she, like, she only is a quarter of the game. She doesn't, she's not, like, a full-on, she's only one of four, uh, bosses. Or one of, like, well, there's, like, maybe in total, like, Ten bosses, but she's like one of four main bosses. Are her daughters considered bosses, or are they like mini bosses? Mini bosses mostly, like si- sub bosses, because um, they're 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 easy. Um, I know. And I they think are I scripted. saw your. St- I think I saw your your stream for like a minute where you were running away from one of them. Yeah, there's instances where you have to run away from them because they are mechanic. The the mechanics to fight them are different. Um, which is why you had to run away until you got to a certain room or a certain location to fight them. Um, but 
overall, like they're they're very scripted moments. They're not like random random moments or anything like that. Like you do have to kill them all in order to progress, but it they're not as hard as some of the other bosses. They're they're quite easy, honestly. Um, but like yeah, that's only a quarter of the game. Um, and in a roughly nine hour game, like you are once you get through the castle, you're still looking at a good probably five or six hours left in this game. So like three to four hours in the castle and then another five or six with a bunch of other enemies. It, it, but like, sh- yeah, Lady D was awesome. But overall, the game itself, like the story behind it, the story that 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 like they try to impart in this, um, Cobb, you'll love it because it's all about family. It is 100% about family. But do they go to space in cars? <sighs> no. Then eh. No. No. But it is still about family. That's Resident Evil 9, Cobb. Do, does, does, <laughs> you never know. You know what? You're, you're right. It, it, if this is 8, does Dwayne the Rock Johnson pick up a missile and turn around and shoot it back at somebody? Uh, No, but um, you, uh, one of the enemies you fight is basically uh, Meth Nito, or Meth Head Magneto. And um, you have a tank that happens to be made completely out of an alloy that he cannot control. That he made himself for some fucking reason. Doesn't make sense, but he did it. Like, Methnito created this tank that you then drive and fight him with. Makes no sense. It's silly that he did it. But, like, no, you don't get Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You do get some Chris Redfield. Um, there were some fantastic fucking lines in this. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the lords, um, he, he's all, like, messed up and, and amphibian-like, and, like, he's, like, he's, like, the black sheep, quote, the black sheep of, of, of the lords, and, like, is very socially anxious and thinks everyone hates him, and at one point, he, uh, turns into his fish self, splashes at you, and his, uh, line is, I am the best, mommy love me, as he's shouting and coming at you. Jesus. Uh, there was, there's a shopkeep, uh, at one point he says, what are you buying? Which, anybody who likes Resident Evil 4 would understand that one. He even references, uh, that's something a friend of mine used to say. And then, the, the best line was, who said it? I think it was Heisenberg, who's Methnito, says, Chris Redfield, that boulder-punching son of a bitch, that I just died laughing the second I heard it. So, like, they have a good number of really good callbacks. Um, and they, they, they connect a lot of the story and why Resident Evil 7 and 8 are taking place in this world and how they connect in general. Like, but it's really a lore drop room right at the end that they tell you all of this. Uh, as long as you read all of the, uh, the files. And it just, it, it just, it worked so much better. Movement speed was faster. Controls felt faster and better. Like, just overall, in general, this game was a major upgrade from, from 7, and had a lot more of the scariness and horror that you expect from, like, a relatively survival horror spooky game, uh, as well as, like, still, like, the, the, the fun sequences that you, you, you want to see in, like, a, a Resident Evil. Um, I shared on my Discord two clips of me just being outright fucking terrified, um, and this game, one was from the expansion, the other was from the main game. Um, and we were talking earlier, Cobb, about horror movies and how I do horror. I don't find monsters scary. I've never found monsters scary. But what I do find scary are porcelain dolls, dummies, like, 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 uh, uh like, like human sized, like dummies, like, 
and 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 uh, and and fetal babies, uh, like monster babies. Those are all fucking scary. This game has all fucking three of them. And so were you was, screaming while watching it? Pretty much, yeah. Like if you were to watch um, the first clip I shared of me playing it, it's the part where you encounter like the, the the monster baby, and this thing it comes like crawling at you, and it's all gross and disgusting, and it's crying, and it it, it and and then it says "Dada," and I'm just like, no, no, I can't with this. Like it was some of the scariest stuff I've ever experienced in, honestly, a Resident Evil game. It was, like, this sequence. And then they bring you back into that house in the expansion, and you basically encounter Weeping Angels. Oh, where cool. they're, they're dummies that if you stare at them, they won't move, but the second you take your eyes off them, they come towards you. And, like, you gotta see how these things move. Like, they're not super fast like the Weeping Angels, but you gotta see how they move. They like, they click and clack and like, their motions are, are a little bit more like, in, in like a lower frame rate essentially, where they're not just like walking. They're like, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. But like, they're not smooth. It's like, it, it's because they can only move in certain points of their body and it's not as fluid as like a human. They like, they click and clack around to come to you and then like, they peek around the corner and then once they see you staring at them, they stop and their eyes just glow at you. And I was just like, yo, like, this is literally the Weeping Angels probably the scariest thing in, in, in Doctor Who. And, like, I was just like, this is a Whovian's nightmare right here, man. This is fucking terrifying. Because as you're walking through this, 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 these rooms, like, y- you have one following you. And then you walk by another. And then you walk by, like, a third or a fourth. And then they're just all chasing after you. And it's just like, man, this is wild. This is so cool, but it is wild. <clears throat> yeah, no... I, I've actually heard nothing but good things about Resident Evil 8. Um, so it's nice to hear that, that you had a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is the best story out of all of them. The, the, um, the, the, honestly, probably one of the most fun ones. How was and the DLC? The DLC was amazing because it, like, it really helped wrap up the story, like, helped you, like, get that sense of family that they were really trying to instill into the, into the whole, Resident Evil 8 package and like kind of helped you wrap up a little of like maybe the slightly unresolved feelings that you might have had at the end of 8. Um, because I, Resident Evil 8's been out for what a year, right? Uh, Spo- yeah, it was like spring of 2021. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert. You guys aren't going to play it anyway, really. The main character, the, the character you play as dies at the end of it. Um, and you're, the whole point of the movie was to rescue his child. Rose, who is who you play as in the DLC. She never got to meet her dad because she was six months, roughly six months at the time, where maybe six months to a year where, uh, like, her, uh, the, the, um, Shadows of Rose story is 16 years later. So she's about 16, 17 years old at the time of, of that story. And you, uh, at the very end of the initial mo- a game, you get a sequence, you see a, uh, like a, post-credits scene where it's her at the age that she's in during Shadows of Rose going to visit Ethan's tombstone and say hi to her dad on his birthday. And, like, they have a little bit of a scene with that, and then it's like, this DLC takes place between the end of Resident Evil 8 and the that scene right there, where it kind of helps you learn if she ever 
gets to understand who her dad was, what he did, and things like that. Because this mostly plays out, not necessarily in her head, but, like, she has powers that lets her connect to the mold. And they had some mold that she was connecting into to try to find something within the mold itself to purify her powers and anybody who was infected by the mold. Um, it was it was a really weird Resident Evil concept, but it built, it played very well into like learning about the character and how sh- her life was and how they kids are fucking mean, man. They carried her for being different, and it's just messed up. Um, and like. It was just torture for her life, for 16 years of life, and she didn't know her dad, and she knew he was a good guy, but that's it. And, like, you you get to see them actually interact a little bit near the end in this spirit world because of what the mold is. And it was just, like, a really good, like, there were times I was near crying because of how mean, how bad her life was, but there was also times I was near crying because, she's like, she actually got to, like, learn about her dad a bit during this. And I was like, man, this is super emotional. And like, this is what I mean by these, this, these two had heart was like no other Resident Evil game really struck emotions like this one did. So do they get into like, so Resident Evil seven, the like, it's Ethan goes to the, the house to find his wife to the bayou. Yes. There is no baby at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Does the wife not die at the mansion nope. in the bayou? You rescue her. Oh, I mean, for some reason there, I thought she was she was like a dead monster in that. I never finished. There, there are two endings in Resident Evil uh, Seven. It's and you get to decide that ending based on who you give the serum to after fighting the dad for the last time before the shit portion. If you give it to Mia, your girlfriend, she survives and becomes your wife. If you give it to Zoe. I think she survives. I don't actually remember. I might have given it to Zoe my first playthrough, but I can't fully remember. Um, and Mia doesn't survive. So and the, the canon ending the is can- Mia survives. The canon is Mia survives, yes. But it's, yeah, it's, um, it, 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 it yeah, so over the, in the, I think it's two years because Resident Evil, actually, I think Resident Evil 8 came out in 2020 because it takes place in 2020. Um, it takes hey, place. It's not that it, old, is it? It literally takes place February 2nd, 2020. Her, or, 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 does it take place in February 2nd, or was she born February 2nd? So the Resident Evil 8 came out in 2001, so it was last spring. 2021, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it takes place in 2020, which is like, it takes place in February 2020. She caused the COVID (laughs) outbreak. 100%, it caused COVID, Resident Evil. And I, um. So um, I'm just – the setting for this, according to Wikipedia, Resident Evil Village is set three years after the events of Resident Evil 7, largely on the day of February 9th, 2021. Yep. So it does not take place in 2020. It takes place in 2021. Oh, is it – well, then she was born in 2020 is what it was. So she – so Rose would be one at the time, which means she would be 17. Um, uh, She would be 17 in, in the Shadows of Rose is what it is. Rose was born in February 2020. No, and it's Shadows of Rose. Rose now sixteen years old. She was still born in twenty twenty. Man, That's what it is though? Your your entire timeline has just gotten thrown. No, because it was it was six. <laughs> Shadows of Rose takes place sixteen years after the events of Resident Evil Eight. I think it's just Rose is sixteen. It's not sixteen years. No, I'm pretty sure she said it was. It's been sixteen years. Or somebody said it was sixteen years ago. Like the event, this happened sixteen years ago. Oh, I don't know. 
I'm just, um, I am reading the synopsis, my friend. But, like, Rose was born in 2020 is, is really, like, I remember seeing February 2020 in, like, the files and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a very good Resident Evil. There, there are a few things that I, like, I, I kind of wish they cut down a little bit on, like, I, besides the tank, they didn't have any other special scenarios like that. I didn't, I wasn't really too into the tank. Um, they also had a whole sequence where you played as Chris, which wasn't really that life-threatening in a sense. Like, it wasn't that, that was more action-packed, and I guess anytime you play as Chris now, it's action. Um, but, like, it, it, it brought some more questions into the Resident Evil universe, and that's also where you found out that, like, oh, the mold is the reason they were able to make the T-Virus and the G-Virus and all the viruses in the original Resident Evils, because Oswald Spencer found it in the 50s and brought it back and experimented on it, found the progenitor virus in from Resident Evil 6 and combined all the mold and the progenitor into the T-Virus to create the zombies, and it just, like, it combined everything, which was just like, oh, well, so Mother Miranda, the final enemy, is the reason for all of fucking Resident Evil. Because she wanted to bring her daughter back, Evie, or Evelyn, who is who you had to deal with in Resident Evil 7. So, did a little bit of digging for you. Um, Rose was born August 2nd, 2020. So she she was just under a year old when uh, 8 takes place. Which makes it, so it would be 16 years later, would also have her be about 16, so, depending, okay. on wh- like, depending on like what month, basically, things happened. Because like, she wouldn't want- have turned 17 until... August, or she would not have turned one until August, the year that that eight takes place. I could have so, swore I saw a file that said like or something that said she was born in t- February twenty. Well, maybe it was you saw that she was born in twenty twenty, and the February is what you're remembering as when the game happens. Oh well, yeah, it, it uh, yeah, it was February 9th. Like February is when the game happens, but I also thought like it was like all in twenty twenty. But I, I I don't know. These past three years have all combined to me that I don't really know anymore. That's fair. There was, was a pandemic, living in a pandemic life joke. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was all struck at the end of the DLC. I was all struck at the end of the game. It, it, it just, like, the one thing I wish they didn't have, they had a shopkeep again. They brought that back. They haven't had a shopkeep since Resident Evil 4, but they still had, like, a shop si- situation in 5 and 6, but they didn't have it in 7. Uh, but they brought back a shopkeep. The only problem that I don't really like is that he also sold ammo, which they never really had ammo with the exception of grenade launcher grenades. They never had ammo for sale in any of the games. And that, like, kind of takes away part of the survival portion. So how how um often were enemies in the game using guns that, like, you would be able to get ammo from them? Uh, n- never. Um, there's a crafting system, but like, if you killed an enemy, they would eat, they generally, if you killed an enemy, they wouldn't drop, um, they wouldn't drop ammo. They would either drop money or they would drop crafting supplies. Well, cause I feel like in, in the little bit of earlier games that I've played, I feel like you were always in situations where it would be, it's plausible that there is ammo available that have been left by either people that were like in the mansion or... In the, the Resident Evil 4, like, village and castle sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so... N- no, most most of the villagers, if they were... Ter- if I mean, most of the enemies were werewolves. Um, they didn't use weapons. 
they well, that, that's like, what I think. Maybe figured. they that's... used like maybe they would use a bow and arrow, um, but a majority of the enemies, which there were, there was like some actual different variations of enemies in this one, with the uh, as opposed to in seven where it was just all mold men and boring. Um, but yeah, it was uh, like they would drop they would drop iron or like rusty iron, rusty metal or 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 iron scraps or gunpowder or herbs or whatever that you needed to combine to make your ammo, they wouldn't necessarily always drop ammo. But it is still in the same system as, like, kind of like Resident Evil 4 feels, where, like, the game is going to give you exactly what you need. But, like, I really didn't feel like they should have given you the the ability to buy ammo as well. Because it just, it kind of took away from the worrying about ammo, because if you play that game and get every treasure item, which... It does the same thing that two Resident Evil 2 and 3 and other Resident Evils do, where the map changes color if you cleared out the room. So it's kind of easy to get all the treasure items. But if you play the game to get all the treasure items, you're going to have so much money. That, like, going into the end of it, I ended up buying... I went and fought a side boss to get a treasure item. Used all my ammo in that side boss. And instead of, like, going into the next part scared... I just bought all my ammo again. And I was like, alright, fuck it. And spent 20,000 of the 300,000 lie that I had to equip myself with as much ammo as possible. There is limited ammo stores, though. It is limited how much you can buy. But it's he still, throughout the game, gets more and more. So if you don't buy it until the very end, you can buy like three, four, or five full clips of handgun ammo and a bunch of shotgun ammo and stuff. Okay. <sighs> but, well- yeah, it was... It was, man, it was wild. Well, since you managed to play through nine uh, Resident Evil games, I almost said nine Final f- Fantasies for some reason, uh-huh. um, how, how, how would you say you rank them? All right, so we're going to go from worst to, worst to best. Uh, and we're starting off with an asterisk of Resident Evil 5. It is my least favorite game. Asterisk solo. If I were to be playing with somebody else, if I had a co-op partner, this might be a little bit higher up on the list. But because the game is built around multiplayer and not for it built around co-op and not to support co-op, it doesn't really work that well. There are instances that having a co-op partner would make the game a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot more enjoyable. But because you have to manage two characters, but you can only control one of them, it loses a lot on me. Um, the next one is Resident Evil Zero, which is no shocker. Uh, it kind of runs into the same issue as Five. You have two characters you control, except this time you can control them, but it's still you're managing resources between two characters. Um, there's no item boxes, so you have to go back and forth picking items up that you leave on the ground. And the, the one of the characters is basically just a glorified carry box. Um, and the best way to play that game is using speedrun strategy of any time you enter into a room, you can control the NPC character or the, the character you're not playing main as, to just run backwards into the doorway, and then you control the, the, the main character to go to the next room, and they'll teleport with you. Like, that's the best way to play that game. Uh, okay. n- this next on the list, this is probably the first um, uh, shock for everyone. I'll put Resident Evil 4 at, uh, what is this, 7th uh, place? Man, what a fake yeah. fan. No, like, look, 
We've talked about it plenty of times. I'm not going to go over it more, but fake, fake fan, right, true? Like, mm, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and I told them like four is not the best, and they're like, "Well, I don't." When I'm talking to, when I'm talking about games and and how they are, I, I like to talk about them how they were back in the day and not today. Um, but even back in the day, it was yes, it was groundbreaking to have the third, the groundbreaking for Resident Evil to have the fir- third person camera angle, but. Like, and it was groundbreaking to have the better aim system, but it's still, what the game became just isn't what I, re- what nostalgia had, had me have it at. And it, it didn't live up to the nostalgia, it didn't live up to the hype of what I had back then. And the things that I remembered about it, uh, frankly, were, were still fun because I don't hate QTEs. I think they can be done well, if they're done well. They're great. If they're done poorly, they're shit. And Resident Evil 4 does them well. But it's just, it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't live up to what I remember it being. And it is very rough around the edges. I I still don't think it really requires a remake because everyone's saying it needs a remake. It was such an iconic game. But it isn't going to be that iconic game with that remake. I mean, it needs a remake the same way 2 and 3 did. Like, those games are barely playable today. Like, I you mean, remake them so that they are fun and playable by today's standards and mechanics. But... but And it's it, not being well, remade like, for you, either. It's being remade for people that love the game and people that have never played the game. But, like, let's go into the argument that we had that I had for an entire day with Eric, where he's like, people remember this game and it's so iconic because of the third-person camera angle, the over-the-shoulder, the this and then that. But if they remake this game because of those reasons, it's not going to be as iconic as it was back then. No, but that's not why they're remaking it. They're but, remaking it because they already remade two and three. Like, it's I a mean, cash grab. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, they, they, like, I mean, I also, like, I love the two and three remake. I love them. But I personally, I, I would probably still have this list set probably close to where it was, even if I didn't play the two and three. Because, like, two just holds such a high standard, such a high level of, I have such high love for two that, like, I enjoy because that. Because of nostalgia. I, I, nostalgia and, like, I, the, the, the old school control scheme isn't broken. It still, it works. No, it, it's, then, it's bad. It, it's only not bad if it's a thing that you did when you were younger. I did not play games with tank controls. I can't do that today. You'll, but that's the thing. You'll get used to it. You start playing it. You'll get used to it after, a few, after, I, a but that bit. doesn't I, make but, it not broken. In a way, you know, like, but, like it's what they had to do back then. Like, it's not like they did a bad thing. That was the only way to like the fact that they found a way to do that is actually super impressive. It's agreed. just by today's standards. It's not it's not good. But it, it's I, look, I I didn't have I, I when I played these games originally, I played them with D-pad because we didn't have analog sticks back. then. I played exactly. all of these games. I played all of these games with an analog stick. And it, I didn't have any issues with turning with with anything like that. Like I like well, when I say any, I'm talking zero, one, and four because those are the ones with the original control schemes. And like it, it, it isn't. They didn't like, update we, that one remake when they released it on like PC and PlayStation and stuff. What what, what are you talking about? So like the the one remake, um. It's, it's the GameCube remake, but they did the HD remaster for it for on in like 2015. Uh-huh. They did they not make any changes to like the way that controlled since it was releasing like in the dual analog stick era. I 
I mean, I don't think so. so oh, that that was a legit question. Like I was asking, you just played it. <laughs> well, no, like I, I like with the exception of being able to control the game with a control stick. Like I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Like it, it still has that. What I thought was what I had the understanding of tanky controls. Like, and we even went back and looked at videos. You could turn and everything while. While, while going forward and whatnot, and it still had that feeling. You needed to stop to get a tighter turn. Otherwise, you're making a wider turn. It has a stationary cameras. You can't move any of the cameras around. They didn't do anything with that. Okay. Like, yeah, it's all still Resident Evil yeah. 1. And I will say, like, tank controls got, like, the games that had tank controls, when they converted them over to analog stick but left them with tank controls they were less aggressive because like you said you could do those more like looping wide turns by just like gradually moving the analog stick over whereas with the d-pad your only option was to stop turn turn right until you're facing the direction or or left until you're facing the direction with the move and then press up again but that that's not you had you had eight ranges of motion in those games. You yes, generally if you needed a tight turn, you had to stop and turn. But you could hold up and left and get that winding turn. I I will take your word for it. I played very few tank control games because they were not fun for me. So like and like early gaming in general, you didn't have three hundred and sixty range of motion like you do in modern games. You had exactly. A, you had an eight eight point range of motion. Not always. Not, not all systems had diagonal, or not all games, I should say, had diagonal. I, but you still like if you hit left and down, they would curve left and go down. If, no, that's what like, I'm saying. Not that, all games yeah, had are, that. There are some games that there are no diagonal. Like if you hit left and at the same time, the game would pick whichever one it thinks you inputted first mm-hmm. and move in just that direction. It was but, real dumb. The, Drew, what were we talking about like last week that we were talking about diagonal movement that like a game that didn't have it? Resident uh, Evil. Uh, I mean, no, no, no. Some t- this wasn't on on the show. This was like literally just like a conversation. I think. Uh, Mortal Kombat. We were talking about. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. About specials, and I honestly did not realize that Sub Zero's Ice Blast was not quarter circle. Yeah, it was just down, down forward, forward or or forward mm. down, whichever direction. Yeah, I I always did the same quarter circle motion you would do for fireballs in street fighter so i just assumed Mm. it was a quarter circle but it turns out that like resident evil fuck mortal Kombat did not um do the diagonal motion for any of their attacks they were all just up down left right Mm -hmm. so yeah fucking mortal Kombat ruins everything um but yeah so look i'm shocked at myself for saying that resident evil 4 is number seven of nine well, I'm next, shocked myself. Next year, you'll play Resident Evil 4 Remake, and you'll figure out where that fits in the list. I mean, I'm not getting it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, unless it's on a really good sale. And I mean, it, the game's probably releasing at $70. So Unfortunately. You're te- I'm telling you, it's got to be at least a 55 to 60% sale minimum for me to go ahead and buy it. Because I've played through this story already. I've played through it twice. At least more than probably more than twice, depending on how many times I played through it back in the day. Like I don't I don't need this story again. I don't need to play it again. It's yeah, like you need you need to see the updated handsome Leon. I saw him in Resident Evil too. Yeah, but now he's a little bit older and edgier. And he still falls in love with Ada after only knowing her for two fucking hours. 
<laughs> that's that's the funniest thing about Resident Evil is Leon falls in love with Ada Wong in the course of two hours of surviving a crisis in Resident Evil Two. I mean, at least he doesn't fall in love with the teenager in Resident Evil Four. She tries to hit on him. Well, yeah, he's Leon, but he does not end, reciprocate. At the end, she's like, she's like, so what do you want to do after this? You want to come hang out in my? I don't remember what she fucking says, but I don't. I also don't remember how old she is in that one. But he's like, like sixteen. No. But like, I'm just like, I'm like, man, this is so early two thousands. Like that is such a two thousands thing to happen right there. Um, but but I, I what is your next game? that happen. But next one. And just by hair is Resident Evil 6. Resident Evil 6. Um, I thought you were going to have that higher, I'm going to be honest. No, I just it's better than 4, in my opinion, but it's still, it's not the greatest because it's not, it's, it's not what you want from a Resident Evil game. It's more an action game, and it's, it's, it's not really scary. It's very much, like, I, I've said this before, one of my viewers said it, they looked at the Resident Evil animated movies and said, that's what we're doing for our next game. And that's what it was. It builds on the story of Resident Evil in its own sort of way, but it doesn't really do a lot else. It works better with the control schemes that they created within Resident Evil 4. Um, and, and it is a much more fun game. Uh, and it is the, le- if you notice, my bottom four are all the games with multiple characters you have to control. And this is the only one that you don't actually have to manage that character. Whereas the other three, you have to manage that character. And that mechanic alone really kills these games for you. Having to manage a secondary character, having to manage their health, having to make sure they don't die or do something stupid, it just, it, it, it takes away part of the fun for me. Which is where Resident Evil 6 comes into play. Like, the AI is actually, like, the AI for 5 had pinpoint aim, but the AI for 6, like, I didn't have to worry about them. They could be getting attacked. They could be getting knocked over, and that's fine. I don't have to worry about healing them because they're just AI. This game was built to support co-op, whereas Resident Evil 5 was built based on co-op. And that's that's where, like, that one kind of edges out the rest of the the, the bottom four. Okay. Um. But, yeah. Uh, like, the thing that really takes away from 6, as opposed to the rest of them, are the set pieces in 6, which is bland and boring. Like... If, if, like, Resident Evil Zero had better settings than... Honestly, Resident Evil 4 had a better set piece and set design than... Resident Evil Zero had better set piece and set design than 4 or 5 and 6. 6 was just boring. It was just boring. Um, next on the list is 7. 7 is number 5 of my top 5. It, um... It's... It's it's got the new take. It's got the need to actually worry about ammo. It's It's got an interesting story with new characters. It's The setting is very different and very cool. Uh, it's just, like, the worst part about it is just the pacing, the character pacing, and the lack of diversity in monsters. If the monsters had were a little bit more diverse and not just slime monster and slime liquor, they'd be a little bit, it'd be a little bit better. But, like, the monsters are just kind of dull and boring. They, they all look the same. It's just it's nothing too special, but, like, the game itself was solid. And, don't get me wrong, all of these games, in my opinion, top-tier games. With the exception of maybe f- Zero. Zero is probably the lowest rating, but better than five if you're playing solo. I was gonna say, it's the worst one, but not your least favorite. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, then, uh, this one, it unfortunately, mostly lives on in nostalgia, I think. 
and that's Resident Evil 1 is number four on my list. Um, it, it, like I said, it really does mostly a lot of nostalgia, but it has, especially the HD remaster, the, um, the, the GameCube version has a bunch of different puzzles, has a lot more to explore, um, has a lot more different kind of bosses and monsters that you have to deal with. You got the Cerberus, you got the Hunters, you got the, um, the zombies themselves, you have the, like, the plant monsters. It's got, like, it's got the most sort of mystery, mystery behind the story, maybe beyond, maybe besides seven. Uh, because it is the first one. You don't really know what's going on. Yeah, graphically, it's not that great, but honestly, the set pieces are better than Resident Evil 4. Or the set pieces are res- better than Resident Evil 6. Like, it, it, because it's like that painted setting, it, it actually looks better than some of these other games. It does actually hold up pretty well for yeah. me. Like, it, it is an HD remaster, but even, even then, like, yeah. HD textures don't necessarily, like, fix old graphics, but like, that game, like, does actually hold up better than you'd expect it to. Yeah, because, th- like, the way they did the settings and scenery is, like, they did they did what old-school cartoons would do. Like, the background is going to look nice because it's all, like, painted and set, but then it's going to be the characters that might look a little janky and whatnot because they're the things moving around that you're paying attention to. And that's, that's like, really what they did well in, like, even the early ones, even, like, 2 and 3. Like, they still look good because of how they did the settings in the background. <clears throat> Which is actually kind of cool when you think about it. Yeah. Um, then next is, uh, at my three spot, is fittingly Resident Evil 3 Remake. Um, and I have a tough time putting this at three. That's like, just barely edges out on three. It might be four and Resident Evil 1 be th- in the three spot. Um, but, like, I keep going back and forth with these two. Three is very fucking short. Very short. And that's uh, a really... It's short and its biggest nemesis isn't really a, a, a factor. Like... But I'm bumped. Literally. Like, Nemesis... Like, the the thing they they tried to do in, in 3 originally was Nemesis was always chasing after you. The thing they did in 3 Remake is Nemesis is chasing after you. But he is more scripted than Mr. X was in Resident Evil 2 Remake. And I mean, I know he was very scripted in... Oh, yeah. He, in the original well, 3. But so was Mr. X in the original 2. was very scripted. So, like, they could have built, like, they could have added to it where, like, I, I didn't worry about whether or not I was going to run, like, because I knew the scenes that X, that, that Nemesis comes into play, I never was like, oh my god, I have to hurry up before Nemesis shows up. Like, he is super scripted. This is, like, similar to kind of some of the issues with Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. This one is super linear as well. Like, you do a little bit of exploring in certain areas, but generally it's kind of just go straight forward. There are certain areas where there is some backtracking and, like, uncovering and getting a card key to get into a thing. But for the most part, this is just go forward. This is the first one in a series where it was just go pretty much go forward and play the game and not have to worry about coming back and forth and whatnot. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's short. The only thing that really carries it on uh, is there's a lot of additional content. There's a lot of, like, there's, like, not mercenary. Like, maybe there's a mercenaries, but, like... The, the the there's a lot of extra stuff you can do and because it's I put it being a short game is both a positive and a negative because it's positive it's a short game you can sit down you can play it whenever you want and not have to worry about like you can sit down and play it for five hours or you, once you learn it and beat it once you can play it in two hours and just like you have you you want to try to unlock something it's not like a drag to try to unlock it after eight or nine hours it's you get it done in about two or three. 
Um, so it's like, it's a positive and a negative. Um, and like, other than that, like, yeah, Resident Evil 3, like, that's why it's, it's, it's in this area of like, I think one's better, but also three's better. And like, they just go back and forth in my head. Um, and to cap this off with the number one spot, because you'll be able to figure out who's number two by me telling you who's number one. (sighs) This is another hard one, because both of these games I love. I absolutely love Resident Evil 2, and I absolutely love Resident Evil Village. I'm going to have to give my number one spot to Village, though. It really? Is, it is taken Resident Evil 2, just because, mostly because of the story. The rest of the game works very well. Like, Resident Evil 2, I, I had a hard time finding negatives between 2 and 3, or 2 and Village. And um, my biggest issue at 2 are, the zombies are basically immortal. I've killed zombies like four times. I heard their death noises. Still living the next time I go into that room. Um, and so, that's like kind of a problem with th- the three remake as well, is the zombies are very the same. They made those games more to maim the zombies instead of straight up kill them. But the biggest problem with two is your knife has limited durability, so you can't sit there and kill the zombie with the knife because you need to make sure you have that defensive weapon. Um, so, out of curiosity, do you think any part of that that final decision has to do with the fact that you just played Village and you played two very much closer to the beginning of the month? No, no, I don't. A two has always been a, a top tier spot. Um, but I've like I've been keeping a list. I was going to show my camera, but you guys can't see my camera. I've been keeping a list of pros and cons, negatives and positives about these games, and like, okay, so you weren't just making this list up as you went. No, no, no. I have, I have a list on my phone. Um, and I like, that's, that's how I knew, like, what numbers go where and whatnot. Uh, otherwise, I, I would have forgotten what numbers I've already mentioned at this point. Come on. I that's don't fair. remember what my, I don't remember what my Desert Island movies were. From a month and a half ago. Exactly. Um, so it's like, it, like, Resident Evil 2, it's, it's mostly faithful to the, to the, to the, to the original story. Has the better game, it has, like, the enhanced gameplay. Um, I, when I originally wrote this, it was the least confusing story, which at the time it was. Um, and it's like, su- it is super entertaining, but the, the zombie, the zombies feel essentially in- immortal. The, between the two different stories, they are actually very inconsistent when you're playing a, a scenario and B scenario with certain events, but it's like, they, there was only so many set pieces they could design and use. But like, if you're playing, they, like, when you play, Resident Evil 2 as Claire first, and you defeat William at the end, uh, and you talk to his wife or uh, Sherry's mom, and she gives you the cure, and you go and you cure Sherry. Um, you have that exact same fight with Sherry's mom, who was dead after Claire's fight with him, and it's just like that's 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 inconsistent. Like that, like I just had this same exact fight in the same exact arena on my last playthrough. And like in, in between a, a scenario and B scenario, like if I were to start the game, uh, with a scenario as Leon, there would be different events that transpire as Claire. But it's like they, they, it just kind of just is inconsistent, which faults it and hurts it. Um, the other, uh, problem. And like I said, I was trying, I was, I was like really struggling to find problems. Um, the, when you play the game in scenario B, you get a starting gun that is not a 9mm. And then all the 9mm ammo that you find in the game is turned into the ammo for that gun instead. 
So, which doesn't seem like a problem, but you get the ability to craft ammo in this game with finding gunpowders. But if you combine two regular gunpowders in this one, you create the 9mm ammo and not the ammo for the new weapon you get. So you essentially have to take up two inventory or inventory slots for your, your pistol that you start with, as well as for this new gun that they give you, because you need both sets of ammo to be able to make it through this game. To me, I think that's, they, they kind of dropped the ball on that. They should have either made it to where they use the same ammo or combining them in scenario B gives you the ammo for that secondary gun. Cause it's also like Leon holds it to the side and angled and it's just, it's, it's, it's dumb, but you need them both. In, in, in early points. Um, but then we get to Resident Evil Village, which, like, really the only cons I can think are the, the tank and the Chris segment. Um, the, there, there wasn't really an ammo shortage because of being able to purchase ammo. And that's really the only major negatives. But, like, the thing that really pulls it together is the story had so much heart behind it, had so much, such feelings. And it, like, it really worked. The gameplay worked. Everything worked together. And the story itself was just amazing. And that's really what pushes it to the top tier spot. Which, I, you know what? Like, that's awesome that they managed to release the eighth game in the series and have it be that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that good, according to me. But you're not the people. only person that speaks highly of eight. Yeah, yeah. But I've talked to other people who said that it doesn't hold, it doesn't hold up to four, which I'm like, bullshit. When was the last time you played for? But there are also the people who say that Resident Evil 6 sucks, but they haven't played it since it launched either. So, um, it's like, y- y- you gotta give these games another try. And Look, like, don't tell me what to do. But, like, th- these people have even turned around and said, like, oh, Four Story just didn't really connect with me and didn't hit with me, and it's not that good. And I'm like, Four Story is way better than, than, than or not Four. Their, their Eight Story didn't connect and hit. But I'm like, Eight Story is actually there. And works, whereas fours is just you're a rad dude saving the president's daughter. I mean, that's like most games. You're a rad dude. Yeah, doing a thing. Well, no, like there's a game called Rad Dudes where you the the story is you save the president's daughter. There's al- there's also a movie called Rad. Is there? Yeah, it's about BMX biking in the early nineties. Nice. Yeah. Um. But Anything else you want to say about Resident Evil? I didn't get to play the story through uh, third person. I heard that it was. Honestly, not as good in third person as it was in first. I have heard the opposite from some people who preferred it in third person. I, I, I've heard, I've heard, uh, I, I really only talked to two people about it and they both said like third person, it's actually a little bit harder because you have a bigger hitbox and it's just, it's not as good in general. Um, that it feels better in, in first person. So I never played it in third person, but, uh, Shadows of Rose are, is third person only. So that worked. Um, I'm, I'm really, really super interested to know where they're going to go from here after the four remake, what, well, what Resident, Resident Evil 9, 9 is going to be. Yeah. Like our, the thing is like, they, they, oh, they ended it with a lot going on post 2021 that like, is the next one going to take place after res- the very end in 2036, 37, or is it going to take place between now and 2037? I imagine it'll probably take place sometime more more current. I don't think they're going to jump 15, yeah. 16 years into the I, future, but you never know. This was supposed to be the end of the Winter's story. Winter's is their last name. Yeah. Um. So, like, maybe we won't see them again. Maybe we won't see Rose again for a while. Uh. But there's... It really... 
flip the world on top. Like the very end, you find out that the BSAA, the bio or bio bioweapons security uh, assessment. I, I I don't remember what BSAA means, but it's basically a government run bio terror bio counterterrorism unit. We're using zombies to invade the village um, and fight the uh, the mold. So and Le- or not Leon. I don't think Leon works for the BSAA. Leon works probably for the U.S. government, but uh, Claire, I believe, works for the BSAA. And Chris and Jill used to work for the BSAA in Resident Evil Six. So it's like they were the good guys that are now the bad guys, or something. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's the- no more Resident Evil talk for. Thank fucking God. <laughs> At least a year, guys. Like that's that's just been my entire life for the past fucking month and yeah, no, it felt you, amazing you gotta pick times. you gotta pick a different different series to marathon in october next year i'm trying to figure that out um and i know i've got a lot of time but it's it's There's gonna like be 20 silent hill games i'm i've never really been in a silent hill but also they're not really available on the pc we can get them available for you I and mean, we could but also, I'm not doing more than like say five in a month anymore. No, you you have to. This, this, you this have was to hell. beat this year, so you have to do ten next year. No, this was hell, man. Like there were time, like when I beat five, and I think when I beat five, I forced myself to beat five at the time. Like it took until three in the morning, um, and like that's probably part of my lowering its score is because I I just wasn't having a good time near the end of that game, uh, um, and like. I needed, because I needed to beat that, because I had the daunting task of six, and I needed to beat that. Like, I had several nine-hour streams throughout this month. I streamed for 30 hours more this month than I did last month. Let, let me look this up real quick, and then we'll get to your thing. Because I, I want to I just mention it or talk to you about it real quick, because I find it kind of funny, actually. Um, I think I saw you you mention this on, like, Facebook or Twitter, that you you streamed, like... 30 more hours than usual, but your ad revenue stayed the same? Yeah, so let's go into October. My stream hours, average, my stream time was 109 hours and 22 minutes um, with, let's see, can I get the average viewers? With an average of 5.5 viewers, my revenue in total was $58 for the month of October. Uh, when it comes to ad revenue, was $18.56. How do you have half a viewer? It's average viewer. So, like, it's, like, based on 100 hours on average, there was about five to oh, six viewers. Oh, okay. I was going to say, viewers. no, that doesn't, you can't have half a viewer. That doesn't make sense. Wait, hold on. No, sorry. My, my, yeah, my ad revenue was 2051 for, for October. And then if I go into September, my ad revenue, all right, it changed because of where things are sitting around. 1904. I made a dollar more. And I had, uh, where was it at? Let's go back into September. 73 hours streamed with 5.4 average viewers. So 0.1 average viewer additional. And was it 73 to 109? What's that? 36 additional hours streamed. I only made an extra dollar. I'm like, that's just, that's weird. I don't know how that works. That is weird. Yeah, that is actually watching versus not subscribers. But like it wouldn't affect like it's 15 subs in October, 15 subs in September. So it wouldn't really affect it that it shouldn't. I, I, I feel like in 30 hours, if, if I got 
in 70 hours, $20. And I added what's a little under half of that. I'm not saying I should have gotten 10 more dollars. But Sounds like, like you're saying you should have gotten 10 more dollars. Maybe like five more bucks or something like that. Uh, because my average viewership was up by 0.1, or it was the same. It's just, it's, it's silly. I'm not like mad about it or anything. I just find it funny that like, I, 36 additional fucking hours, over half of what I streamed the month before, added to my stream. I only made a dollar more. <laughs> hey man, at least all that time paid off. Yeah, I mean, it's, it hopefully you means. You increased your revenue. It hopefully means that I'll have a payout in 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 December because if my average time usually gets me nets me about fifty dollars, yeah, like my average is normally about seventy three hours per month. If that got me fifty three and I got fifty eight, I I really only need to get a forty two dollar month this month to be able to get my payout. Which hey, payouts are good, right? Yeah. But that's that's all. I just thought it was funny, and I wanted to mention that. Like, I wanted to talk about that. Right. Well, in that case, um, going on to 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 the next thing, uh, I got uh Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope or Spark of Hope. I forget if it's uh plural or not. How was it? It is just delightful. That's that's what I'm expecting. I want to get it. Um, but I have uh, I had a redemption for me to play Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher on stream that I have to buy. And put several hours into. So yeah, that I sounds terrible. Oh, a Monster Rancher game just does not seem interesting to watch on stream. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Especially when I, you can't just pop CDs in to get new monsters, right? It's it's NFCs now, so uh, you can oh, use your credit no, card. No. You can use your credit card to get. Uh, he said NFC, not N- NFT. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's NFCs now, so like I could use my. I don't know if my. Uh, 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 Starlink stuff will work. It probably will. But like, also, I have use your credit card. Seems like a terrible fucking idea. Yeah, you could use you, you could use your credit card. Yeah, maybe don't I'm... scan your credit cards into a fucking random PC game. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But like, you could use like your employee ID if it has like the NFC in it, or um, any any of your amiibos and stuff like that. That's how it works this time. It's not the discs. Um. And it's it's uh what yeah the it's fuck are you scanning it to like the, the switch oh oh it's a switch game yeah okay didn't know that yeah say I was thinking it was a PC game I'm like wait no no the fuck are you scanning it to no it's a, it's a, it's a like I I mean I probably should have mentioned it's a switch game but yeah it's a switch game um so you scan it into your switch and um you can you you unlock different monsters that way but it's like based on the seed is based on the time of day that you scan the thing. So, like, each time of day in-game, or, like, the date, the day in-game. I don't know, it's weird, but it's... So, it's I, not I, based on the thing you're scanning. Well, it is based on the thing you're scanning, but also, like, it's... So, it's, like, during... There's no true randomness in in, 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 in computers. So, each day, a seed gets set in-game for what can be released within this large plethora of things. And then based on what you scan is a random number based on that seed for that day. So every day in-game, you can scan your card and potentially get a different monster. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I was, I was when I first heard about it, I was super interested. I'm now, like, kind of losing a little bit of interest because seemingly there is no actual end to this game. 
from what I'm seeing, and it's just play, and it's like kind of like a slice of life type thing because I've never done Monster Rancher. Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm gonna do it for at least probably ten to twenty hours, and then figure out a different game to play. That that sounds sounds valid. Uh, yeah. But so Sparks of Hope. Um, it's it's you know more Mario plus rabbits, but they they've changed up a little bit. Um, so Rich, I know you played um Kingdom Battle. Drew, did you ever try Kingdom ha- Battle? No, I it, I can't remember if it's ever actually been on sale for a price that I've felt like paying. It's it actually was, had some pretty good like ten dollar sales. I'm pretty sure there's like a ten demo off you can or actually, down to ten dollars. Like down to ten dollars because okay. it's not a Nintendo game technically; Fair. it's a Ubisoft game. So it, it's the only way you can get a game with Mario in it for less than fifty dollars. I'm pretty sure it has a live demo as well that you can download, and if you like it, you can continue your spot from there. That's true. And like, if you enjoy like the XCOMI games, like you'd actually probably enjoy um, Kingdom Battle. Yeah. Um. So what they changed with Sparks of Hope is it's no longer grid based. So you just get your like movement area that gets highlighted in blue. And your character can move anywhere in that. Um, you're not locked to anything. Um, it has like the cover mechanics. So the whole idea is like when you move before you do an attack, you want to make sure you're either definitely out of range of any po- possible enemies or hidden behind something where that enemy hopefully can't hit you or can't move into a position where they can hit you, which, you know, some, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes like. Maybe you think, like, you're behind something, and then, like, there's actually an enemy that was, like, around the corner you didn't realize that just sort of, like, steps out in front of you and takes you out. Yep. Um, and then on top of, on top of just having that blue movement area, um, you can just swap between, like, your three playable characters on the map, um, in the middle of the turn. So, like, you don't have to lock something in before moving to the next character. So you can actually do some strategic maneuvering, um, by, they have what's called a team jump. Where if you move one character to another character and hit A, the other character will boost the one you're controlling into the air and you'll do like a slow glide across the the map. Okay. So if you move both characters to like the edge of what they can both get to um, and then do a team jump, you can send another character much further into the level. It works really well for stages where the goal is to just get to a specific spot. Um, versus having to defeat all the enemies. Cause usually in those levels, the enemies are significantly sturdier. They have more health. They do, do more damage because you're not really supposed to take them out. You're, you're, you're just sp- supposed to get to the goal line at the end of the level. Um, so using, using that mechanic, like you can get there pretty quickly and pretty easily if like you're, if you think about it as you're going. Um, and then you have a dash attack that you can, doesn't take one of, you, you have two actions per turn. Um, dashing doesn't take one of them, but it does damage to enemies, and in some cases, it knocks the enemies down so that they become throwable. So if there are bombs in a level, you dash attack one, you can then pick it up, throw it, it does a ton of damage to enemies, and will also, like, destroy cover and stuff like that. Um, if there are Goombas in the level and you dash attack them, you can actually dash attack them when they're in a line and take out groups of them. Um, but if they're wearing helmets, it'll actually knock them over and you can also use them as, like, throwable items, or even just throw them off the level entirely because the buckets protect them and you can't attack them otherwise. Um, the little shits. And then the namesake of this game, the, the sparks, um, they are, um, shit. What are the things from Mario Galaxy called? The uh, collectibles. Lumens. Lumens. So they're basically a lumen, um, crossed with a rabbit. Okay. 
Um, and each one, they're, they're basically like, like your, um, your elemental power up sort of equipable item that you, you collect throughout the game. Um, when you go into certain, uh, battles, one of them pop up, you're like, Hey, you have to help me get out of here. And then I'll just like hang out with you afterwards. And they usually give you some sort of benefit. Uh, right now I have, I have a flame spark, a water spark, and three just like various power ups. Like one of them does, um, when I use it, I do like 20% more damage to an enemy. Um, and so do my teammates if they're in the like vicinity of it. Um, one of them, enemies take like 20% of damage they inflict on me. And I forget what the third one of those does. But then the, the flame and the water ones, they the flame one sets enemies on fire as long as they're not resistant to it. And then that causes them to like run around and potentially light other enemies on fire. Or if you're dumb and you don't pay attention, um, potentially run into one of your people, set them on fire, and then they may run into you and set, you know, like, they, mm-hmm. they can chain fire to each other oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. on both sides. Um, the splash one is super cool, though, because if you position yourself correctly, it actually makes the enemy get, like, not, it does, like, a knockback effect on them. So if you position yourself right, you can knock enemies just off the stage. And if you use, like, Peach, for instance, she has, like, more of, like, a shotgun blast where like her attack is a cone and it can norm it can hit multiple things in one shot anyway so if you just have like an area with a bunch of enemies sitting there you you trigger the splash spark hit them all and you're potentially just bouncing them all out of the level mm-hmm. um and it works on like the the big enemies um i had one where it was like it was a mini boss in in a stage that i had to take out and he just had a lot of health and i i was it was one of those where, like, all my attacks were just doing so little damage to him that it was just, it was getting tedious. And I have, he was, um, he was resistant to flame, but I saw that he, he was weak to the splash. So I hit him with that, and I thought it was just going to do more damage, and it knocked him off the fucking stage. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> that's nice. over then. Um, they also, Rich, I don't know if you remember this, but in the first one, you were locked to certain characters in your party. Like, you had to have Mario in your party. Yeah. Um, this game, basically, after you get past the, um, like, the introductory, like, missions, you can just pick whoever you want, and the game starts out where you have Mario, Rabid Mario, Luigi, Rabid Luigi, Peach, and Rabid Peach. Okay. So you have six, six characters to choose from, you get a seventh fairly early on that is not a rabbit, it is a rabbit character, but not a rabid version of a Mario character. Mm -hmm. That, um, and yeah, you can just, you can swap your team, um, on the fly. Um, when you're running around the open world portions of it, if you're entering like a fight, you can do it before the fight starts. So you get that, um, like most of those strategy games do, like your fire emblems. I'm sure XCOM does it too, where like you get kind of like a top level view of the, the battle. You can kind of move around, check out who the enemies are, if they have any weaknesses and stuff. And on that screen, you can like change your team out. You can swap people out. You can, um, change what sparks they have. If, if they have any, um, skill tree points you can skill tree them up you can level up your your sparks if you can if you have anything to level up so like you can go into a battle and like find out that like oh like this is going to be better for like a sniper like luigi and like get luigi in your party if you don't already have him mm-hmm. xcom very much does not do that oh do you not get the like kind of like quick overview of the battle beforehand no, okay sir at I've never played the, the most XCOM. recent ones. Like maybe one of the super old ones, but like the ones that have come out in the last like 
10 years, you barely know, like, you know you're sending characters out on a battle mission. That's basically it. Yeah. And XCOM is permadeath for each of your characters. If Uh they die, they're dead. And it has a very aggressive fog of war. Like, if if there's a building, you can't see shit behind the building. Unless there's a window, and then you can see, like, in the window, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah I've, I've never played the XCOM games, but that is a pretty common thing in at least the last decade of Fire Emblem. Um, but in Fire Emblem games, usually, like, when you go into a battle, you're also picking your team, like, yeah. for that specific battle. Um, it's kind of like um, Final Fantasy Tactics, also. I yeah. mean, Tactics has the pick your characters, you do not know what's going to be there. No, no, no I know, that's what, no, I meant the, the pick your character portion. Well, I mean, you, you... It doesn't give you a full overview of the map, but it does... Don't you normally see the map? After you pick your characters. Or at least... is it? Yeah, it is after, isn't In it? Yeah, tactics? like you, you pick... Yeah. Uh, you only see the spaces you can put your characters. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you, you pick your, your characters, but, and then when it goes in, that's yeah. when you see the yeah. enemy... Like, that's where the enemy walks onto the level, basically. Yeah. Um, but it does start with you picking your characters and, like, placing them where you want. You don't place these characters because, again, it's not grid-based, so they just kind of, like, start either on, like, one end or in the middle, like, depending on, like, the layout and, like, the enemies. Um, and everything's level-based, and it seems like it might level with you. Um, I'm still on the first world. I played through, like, the story part of it, um, where, like, I can now go to my spaceship and, like, go to another planet, um, because this one... This one is more of like a Mario Galaxy themed one. So you start out in the Mushroom Kingdom and then shit happens and you have to take off into space. Um, and you're actually looking for Rosalina because you think something's up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, like not like she's causing this, but like that she needs help. Um, and you land on a planet and you do some, some stuff to help clean that planet up because there's, um, this darkness stuff that's taking over it. Um, it's kind of Mario, it, it's kind of, um, Mario Sunshine meets, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the other game I went to use. There's basically this black goo stuff all over the place, and you, when you go up to it, you initiate a battle. You go into the battle, and it's it's just a generic fight from there with, like, different types of enemies and different layouts. And then when you f- clear that battle, the black goo is gone, and it usually opens up, like, a new area you can travel to in that world. Um mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, like, clearing out that stuff and doing a lot of the side quests in that first area still right now. I probably got five or six hours in so far. I'm, like, level 10-ish. Um, my team pretty much the whole time has been Luigi, Rabbit Peach, and Peach. Because they're just... Luigi is a sniper, so, like, he can hit people from far away. Um, and then his, uh, his, like, special move, like, I don't... I guess it's not even really... Yeah, I guess it is a special move. His special move is, um like keen sight or something like that where when you activate that at the end of your turn if an enemy moves and crosses your path um like to go from cover to cover luigi will snipe him um and then peach has a like a like a defense shield that she'll put up that it will negate um damage when an enemy attacks you once during like the enemy turn so like i and it it will do it to a rate to the radius if your um team is in there so you can potentially protect your whole team Cool. I actually, um, I did it during a fight with like a, like a, another one of those like mini bosses and actually was, um, it saved Peach because he came over and he, he was doing two attacks and two attacks would have killed her, but it completely negated the first one. And then the second one just 
you know, got through it okay. Um, and then right now, Rabbit Peach is a healer. So she can heal, heal my characters up without me having to expand an item to do so. And also heals for more than the items seem to do. Yeah. Um, and then they all have their, their spark ability. They can all use an item. They all have a dash. They all have the team jump ability. And then they each have their weapon. Um, so like I said, Luigi's a sniper. Peach does like the, the cone attack. And, um, Rabid Peach has, it's kind of like a homing missile attack where it will, um, it will fire up and then back down onto an enemy. So it negates cover for them. Even if they're hiding behind like, like full crate cover, it'll just go up and still hit them a hundred percent of the time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of cool ways you can go about fighting in it because you can, you can leverage the, uh, the, the dash on all three people and kind of like whittle an enemy down with dashes. And then, depending on their their positioning, either bring Peach out and kind of hit them with a blast attack and potentially kill all of them very quickly, or use um use Rabid Peach to just like pound them from behind the cover they're hiding behind and not potentially expose any of your other characters. But I have to I have to swap in like Rabid Luigi and Mario at some point. Um, they do make you play with um with the non Mario themed Rabid character at the beginning. Um. That is actually the point at which you get three characters for your party. Um, and then as soon as you're done that fight, you can just swap that character out for anyone else. But, yeah. um, that character has like a sword. So it's more of a, uh, it's not melee because they throw the sword, but it's more like, it's, it's definitely more close range because it doesn't have the same range as like the, the, the ranged weapons do basically. Mm-hmm. But they were, they were kind of neat. To, like, I'm going to mess with them a little bit. Um, I think that's, that's the one thing that's kind of like, a little bit of a bummer with with those games. It's only th- parties of three, and like I have so many, you get so many characters, and it's like you can only use three of them. But so they level up together. So it at any time you get a level up, everybody gets a level up. So everybody gets the same amount of skill points. So you never have that situation where, oh well, I'm never going to use Mario because he's level two and everyone else is level fifteen. Um, and because you can go into a fight. And look at the, both the layout of the world and what enemies are there. You can make your choices for your team from there. It's just, the first world is easy enough that like I haven't had to do that, but I can definitely see situations where having some of these different characters with their different special abilities is going to make a, an impact on the fight. Like the last battle I was doing, I've actually, I'm, it's the first time I'm having trouble with, with a fight. Um, it's a, it's just, um, it's a, it's a, it's a last man standing sort of thing. Like you just have to survive for six rounds. Um, and there's a handful of enemies that, um, can shoot at you, but they're fairly far back. So it takes a turn or two for them to get up to you. But then the rest of the, the map is just covered in Goombas with the metal helmets. So you can't damage them. The only way to get them out of the, out of the, the game is to dash and then throw them. Um, and Goombas have a pretty good, um, range. And these things, one hit takes out about half of my health. So if I get hit, if one character gets hit twice, they're dead. And I haven't gotten to a point yet where I can revive characters. Um, I don't think you ever got it, got that in the first one. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, so it's one of those where, like, the first time I did that, that map, I totally, I didn't know that you couldn't damage the Goombas. So I just, I got stomped because I did some goofy stuff and then I'm like, all right, well, I, I have these guys lined up now. I'll just hit them with Peach's thing and they're Goombas. They'll go down easy. 
and then it does zero damage to them. I'm like, well, fuck me. Yeah. Um, and the second time I did better, but then, um, the game does this thing where it'll spawn portals occasionally. And in most levels, it tells you destroy the portal before enemies spawn. You can't destroy these portals. They're always going to spawn enemies at the end of, of that turn. And they spawn two to three enemies per portal. Um, so while you're trying to corral and manage, like, the oncoming army of Goombas, you have four to six more that spawn at the end of a turn. And they generally spawn, like, right next to you, because there's not really a whole lot of places to go. Um, and it's just, it's it's a bad fucking time. And it's, yeah, it, it was rough. I, I'm going to go back and, and play it a few more times and try some other strategies, because I was, I was focusing on trying to kind of, like, like, secure myself in, like, the main area and just let the enemies kind of slowly come to me so that I could just pick them off each turn. Um, and that was working really well until the portal started spawning. Sounds um, like you need to get good at games, Cobb. Yeah, yeah, damn. Man, you know what? <laughs> I do. Um, but I'm hoping if I um, if I play it less safe and actually move into the level instead of trying to like just bait the enemies to me, it'll give me that little bit more wiggle room away from where those portals spawn. Because yeah. in all the other levels so far, portals have spawned in like the same places. They don't seem to follow you. I'm hoping that's the same case here. But since these are different portals that don't even that you can't even take out before they spawn enemies, I just don't know. But at least it's, like, there doesn't seem to be a penalty for losing. Like, That's you can good. just restart. So to be fair, like, I haven't actually lost yet either. If you just hit pause, there's just a restart battle. Okay. Um, so, so I imagine there's no actual penalty for losing because you can just restart the battle before you do. Um, so I've just done that when it's been going poorly because I'm not going to waste time dying just to start it over. I'm just going to fucking start it over. Yep. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been delightful so far. Um... Cool. As much as as much as I don't like minions, I'm okay with rabbits and their goofiness. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess just for for what it's worth, the very first thing you do in the game is actually um, Rabbit Mario has had his overalls stolen, so he's hiding in a bush. So you have to go find his overalls that have been hidden from him. By um, you find out later on it was Rabbit Luigi that stole them and hid them, which makes okay. you wonder how did they get his overalls off of him if he was wearing them. Because he's just naked in a bush right now. He was sleeping. But how the fuck did he get the overalls off of him? Who knows? It's a rabbit. They sleep heavy. You don't know. Just because you don't doesn't mean no one else does. I no, I agree. Somebody does, but you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't even know what your desert island movie. It's the second inning of the Phillies game. This argument is pointless. Let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying just because you don't sleep heavy doesn't mean no one else. So to be fair, I'm watching the Phillies game as we're talking. So am I, but I would like to watch the <laughs> Phillies game. <laughs> um but yeah, it it's actually a super fun game. Um I'm enjoying it really well. I'm not enjoying this Phillies game all that much, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um they're just what are they doing, man? It's early. They they got the out, you know, it happens. Yeah, but they they also have a runner on third right now. Yeah, well, the runner made a good base running play. I mean, th- th- you're right. Like, that runner did make make a good play. And honestly, like, the Astros are actually, they're hitting well right now. Like, they're they're not hit- hitting it into the sky. They're hitting, like, nice line drives and shit like that and gr- and grounders. Like, the pod good quest for them. Day, the, quad, uh, the pod quest play-by-play a day after. Uh-huh. Look, there's somebody that's not going to have watched the game. They're going to have it on, like, their DVR, yeah. and we're letting them know the first two innings. If you're a Phillies fan, 
not not the best. I mean, but it's still or they're going to be upset that you spoiled the first two innings because they couldn't watch it because they were at work and they weren't going to watch it until later in the day before the next game. And so they avoided the entire day without spoilers. And now you just spoiled the first two innings. I'm also really annoyed. Uh, oh, fucking damn it. Sorry, Nola just hit the batter. Your um, thing is ahead of me, so let's just wrap this show up. Yeah, sorry. Um, the, Drew, question for you since you you are also watching it. Um, does it slightly bother you that Nola has that weird, like, strap hanging off his glove? Because it bothers me. Uh, I can't say I've noticed, but now I'll probably notice and probably agree. Like, it's just, it's like one of, like, the leather straps from the glove. It's just... Tie that thing I don't... Man, come on, what are we doing? <laughs> man, calm down. It's fine. Um, no, he said tie that thing up, not... Tie oh, it's like... No, I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you that he should tie that strap down to... I know, with, on my gloves, I always had the straps tied as tight as... Yeah, and I mean, like, I get, like, it's probably just, like, a preference thing, but, like, at that point, if, if you're not going to tie it, just fucking cut it off. Like, don't have that thing dangling like that. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, Sparks of Hope was cool. Um, do either of you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Rich, do you want to drag this on more? I was trying, but I don't have anything. <laughs> what um, do you think they should do with the next Resident Evil? We, we just talked, discussed that already. It's going to be Resident Evil 9. What, like, what, what should they do with it? I don't zombies. know. I haven't played. Yeah, actually. No, no. Vampires again. Vampire zombies. Zombie Aren't vampires, vampires already zombies? I no, don't because know. They're undead. They're undead, but they have a mind of their own, and they suck. They eat on blood and not flesh. You I mean, know what? I'm just saying. You know what? Just regular humans. That was Resident Evil 5, right? No, no. Or four- they had, like, some weird. 4, just- four and 5, they had a parasite. Yeah. Just five did have a parasite. Human. Four, five, and six all had the parasite. Okay, for some reason I thought five was just like cult members or so- something like that. No, it was the same. It was an enhanced version of the parasite from four. Okay, that's fair then. Um, but yeah, so I guess that is probably going to do it for this week, though. Yeah. All right. Um, next week we'll be doing our book club, which is the history of Tetris. Um, from the gaming historian on YouTube. Um, there'll be a link to that in the show notes if you don't want to have to go try and find it. Um, other than that, though, you can find more of our content at www.one-quest.com. You can also send us... Oh, I'm sorry, I got distracted by the game. Um, <laughs> you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. They're good. They're fun. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps a whole bunch. Yeah. You can find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us emails to social at one-quest.com. And then, Rich, you are back to your normal, like, three, four night a week streams. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday from generally 7 to 10 on the week. Sundays, I've been liking the longer streams, like the noon to 5 or 6, so I might be sticking with that. Just come follow me on socials to find it, and my Twitch is twitch.tv slash b underscore walnuts. Cool. And with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about, and hopefully the Phillies will be World Series champions. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Go Phils. See yous.